This is Teddy Stigma, the world's worst role model, reminding you kids to be like me. Eat steak, lift weights, and drink whiskey. And listen to the wrestling podcast that calls it right down the middle, The Whole Reffin Show. And now, the wrestling podcast that calls it right down the middle, The Whole Reffin Show. Hello, 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 dear listeners. We're back, you're back, for the whole Reffin Show. The only wrestling podcast that calls it right down the middle. My name is Darren Beasley. My name is Perry Smith. And we are so glad that you're here with us today for episode 49 of the whole Reffin Show. We got a lot to cover here, and we've got... A blockbuster headline coming your way. Today we're going to talk about the future of the whole Reffin show as we head into episode 50 and beyond. That's right. And then we're going to tackle the head-to-head results from the hashtag biggest party of the summer. The weekend that was in Brooklyn, New York as WWE brought you TakeOver and SummerSlam. But, dear listeners, before we head into that blow-by-blow account from the weekend that was at the Barclays Center, the first thing we got to do is tackle these headlines. And the only headline we have on today's show for you folks actually involves... Us. Doesn't the whole reference show. Doesn't involve ROH or you know, New Japan or WWE or other people. <laughs> it's or us. the Zimbabwe Wrestling Connection. Actually, it does now involve oh. them. Let's talk about them. Of course it does. The ZWC. Yeah, you know the ones. Uh, some changes here at the whole reference show, folks. As uh, most of you know, Darren and I tend to record these things together in person. We get into our studio. We have our unpaid interns bring us uh, the latest wrestle facts from around the world, around the web. And they bring us our coffee and our water. Our wrestle coffee. Our wrestle, our wrestle coffee water. and our wrestle water. And we we think the, the water is too cold, we, we throw it at them. Or the coffee is too hot, we throw it at them. Uh, and I'm going to miss all that because I... Uh, this is Perry, by the way. I uh, will be leaving Georgia to uh, go back out west to Los Angeles. Leaving on a jet plane or leaving, on leaving a Honda Civic. in a Honda Civic. <laughs> yeah, so there's that. Uh, the show will continue, of course. Darren and I, uh, we're going to put our show together, of course, every week uh, using the wonders of technology. Uh, a lot of fine podcasts seem to make it remotely. You know, just fine. So what we're saying is, if you thought the whole reference show was badass when it was unicoastal, now imagine the whole reference show bicoastal, bicoastal, bicoastal. I can just do an echo effect. I don't know why we do them ourselves. I, I don't know either. 
I, I don't I don't know how to do echo effects. But <laughs> uh, yeah, so the show will continue on. We'll do it uh, remotely. It's it's hopefully going to sound just as good. I will. Yeah, because it's us. It's us. You want to hear us? It's going to be good. It's going to be fun. It's going to be your typical wrestle reviews and news and and what have yous. Yes, that's true. It's going to be hashtag. Wrestle news and wrestle views because we're we're hashtag wrestle buddies. We are we are we're wrestle buddies, and we said we were wrestle buddies for life. We meant we were wrestle buddies for <laughs> life. <laughs> that will be just as obnoxious, only slightly different. Uh, hashtag wrestle obnoxious. <laughs> slightly uh, different setup here, but we'll let you guys know that in case you you see the hey, this sounds a little different than usual, brother. You know, and just a little bit of kryptonite. I won't turn it into Superman or nothing, brother. Um, <laughs> yeah, recall when Hulk Hogan was trying to sell his vitamin program. Yeah, on yeah. oh yeah, that was, that was, oh, that was wonderful. And that was horrible. God bless the Hulk Hogan speaking voice. Oh, man. Again, not the screaming right. promo voice. It sounds like a pretend whisper. Yeah, oh, yeah. I love it. Yeah, no, no, another one, another one. I love it. I want him to read me bedtime stories. <laughs> like I've said, if you do not own a copy, dear listeners... Of Hulk Hogan's first autobiography, audiobook, as read by Hulk Hogan, you are not a wrestling fan. Wow. Because that is the stuff that dreams are made of. I was thinking, uh, you know. Actually, I hope we can hurry up and finish this episode so I can listen to that (laughs) tonight. Uh, Speaking of people's voices sounding good, I was uh, listening to the radio in my car today. And I thought, like, I want, like, a Jarvis, you know? Like, Tony Stark has an, <laughs> yeah. an Iron Man, but I want Charles Osgood to be my Jarvis. Oh, man. But, of course, still say, the like... Osgood vibes. But still say, like, you know, Repulsor Blast and all that stuff. <laughs> I would use a Unibeam in this situation, yeah? And, uh, make sure you get some Tylenol, but don't take too many. Repulsor Beam. Repulsor Beam. The Mandarin's back in town. Um, so Hopefully it's not that BS Mandarin. No, no, we don't talk about the... Uh, MCU uh, Mandarin. Anyway, uh, so yeah, same same good stuff from us. Uh, worry not, folks. But if there's any delays in an episode coming out, there shouldn't be. But in the no, event of, but please give us a break. <laughs> Pot in our stardust, folks. While we, uh, while you know, I drive 2,500 miles across country and find a new place to live. I'm homeless, folks. I am living on the streets. I've, yes. I've got friends. It's okay. And pardon my stardust while I. Put my feet up on the ottoman and sip <laughs> lemonade and snap my fingers at Perry to hurry up and get the podcast edited. He does. He does that. Um, you jump, producer. Jump. Dance. <laughs> dance, monkey. And I, I, I dance. Um, as far as anything being a little weird, uh, it's not even that weird. It's simply the fact that this is the only headline this week. Because uh, we are jumping ahead. We are. Uh, jumping ahead to head. Head to head. <laughs> yeah, uh, yeah. Yes. But there are no headlines per se this week because there hasn't been any time for any headlines to develop. We still don't know exactly what's going on with Ric Flair. We heard conflicting reports on Saturday. One very bad and then one very good. And these came out within about two hours of one another. Since then, there hasn't been a lot of news about it. But as of Monday, 
the day after SummerSlam when we're recording this early. Yeah, while Raw is going on. (laughs) So, uh, yeah, if Raw was the most momentous Raw ever, you'll hear our thoughts about it next episode. Right. But for now, um, we're just going to go ahead and jump in to take over and SummerSlam, I think. Well, good, because we sound like parents who are telling their children that they're, they're, we're breaking up or divorcing and that we still love them. Well, it's not your fault, dear listeners. No, it is your fault, dear listeners. It's not your fault. <laughs> <laughs> it's also not Snitsky's fault. Oh, bringing it back to the Snits. Uh, okay, so a lot of wrestling this weekend, a lot of wrestling to cover. Darren and I had different views and opinions. Some of them were similar views and opinions. Darren and I, we went head to head. Head to head. The Barclays Center in Brookline, New York, uh, was a busy place this weekend. Was that anywhere near, near Brooklyn? No, Brookline. Brookline and Sinker. Um, busy place this weekend. WWE took over, uh, literally NXT took over and NXT take over Brooklyn three. They take over again. <laughs> okay. Um, <laughs> but, uh, yeah. So the very first of the events was NXT. So let's get into that right now. Only five matches on this one, which I think was about how long the kickoff show for SummerSlam was five matches. <laughs> <laughs> um, actually, yeah, NXT Brooklyn is the same amount of time as the, the pre-show for SummerSlam. That's ridiculous yeah, because yeah. TakeOver is a far superior show Ooh. in every way. Ooh. You're not wrong. Um, but yeah, we had uh, some uh, different opinions here. A couple of things that we did not agree on. So let's uh, jump right into this thing. The opening match was between... Johnny Wrestling, Johnny Gargano, he took on Andrade Cien Almas. And I picked Johnny Gargano to win this match because... (laughs) After all of his non-appearance, since he was taken out by former tag team partner Tommaso Ciampa, I really did feel like Johnny Gargano had to win this match. This was his I'm back, his welcome back, his... His, his everything. It's a must-win match. Especially when he's fighting Andrade Almas, who just is a jobber to the stars. And, uh, and an XT Dolph Ziggler, I call him, yes. Yeah, and, you know, Almas gets better and better. And I think uh, putting him with Thea Trinidad, uh, or whatever her new name is, that the announcers refuse to employ. Because they don't know her name. They don't know it. They could change her name tomorrow. They well, they got to be able to say something. Because it really... I know, I noticed... There, it, there's, there's floating clothes behind Sienna. <laughs> I noticed it before it was even noticeable. Mm-hmm. But after I realized that the camera kept cutting to just her on the outside, you know, slapping the ring apron or shouting and pointing, and they were not saying anything? Not like saying, oh, her, or the woman behind Almas, or Almas's new whatever. They said nothing. It went radio silent. (laughs) Every time she appeared, and I'm like, are they being instructed to not acknowledge her? And and so when I realized that, I started really paying attention at that point. And I realized they said her name one time. 
and it was right before the very end of the match. They didn't say it during the entrance. They didn't say it the many, many times the camera singled her out. Right. I don't know. But anyway, I like oh, her. Oh, there's a fan uh, <laughs> outside right now. Oh, I yada, like yada, her, yada. and I like her with him, and I like the direction they're going in, but I did not I like see them going over Gargano. I like the idea of a, a manager type. You know, I like managers and stuff like that. Love them. Me too. And it gives Andrade something else. This 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 seductive lady who kind of leads him around and tells him what to do. And it, it you know beyond that, he's just Andrade. So you know, almost. And that's fine. I, I'm not I'm not huge on him. You know, when you compare him to other NXT people who I just love. You know, Andrade's a great wrestler. And this was a superb match, by the way. That's what I was going to say. This is was a I'm not, super good yeah, match. I'm yeah. not really, really into Almas as a character. He's done nothing for me in terms of doing anything with that character on NXT television. But as a wrestler, he's solid. And when you put him in this environment with another solid wrestler and you give them time to get their shit in, mm-hmm. this match was, as you said, Superb. It was very good. And I figured Gargano would lose because Gargano needs an opponent until uh, Champa comes back from uh, recovery. And um, yeah, I mean, I think they kind of figured out with uh, Gargano that he could lose every night and people would still love him because he's such a baby face. He's such a vulnerable baby face. It's like he can keep losing. It's like, oh, Johnny, you'll get him next time, Johnny Wrestling, you know. Um, so I, I figured that he'd get a loss here. And again, Andrade has lost so many times that he was kind of due a win. And, uh, it's, it's not, you know, it doesn't happen cleanly. Of course, the, the lady on the outside, the mis- mysterious stranger on the outside actually throws a, uh, the DIY with no name. <laughs> yes. Uh, throws a DIY t-shirt in Gargano's face. He's kind of like, what? I will say this. I sold these. <laughs> there have, th- especially recently last three or four years in WWE, there have been worse distraction finishes. Right. This one actually kind of worked because it wasn't just like, Whoa! Yeah. It was like, oh, that's heavy. Mm-hmm. Like, not only is it a little like, whoa, there's something flying at me. But then, now that I've caught it, oh, now i got to think about it. Right, yeah. Like, so that was a little, that was a little neat because it was like, Oh, a little salt in the wound there, woman with no name. Yeah, and that's all it took for Andrade to capitalize on Gargano and get the pin and the win over Johnny Wrestling. And uh, I called it right, you called it wrong. Just saying. With that, we move on to the second uh, grudge match of the night. Aleister Black takes on Hideo Itomi. Aleister Black, absolutely one of my favorites in the entire wrestling industry. The entire global entity the entire profession of wrestling right now alistair black and there's a picture you got with alistair black at the last house show we went to i'll probably put up on instagram pretty soon i probably won't put that picture up (laughs) full disclosure okay you got me you backed me up into a wall here full disclosure for our dear dear listeners Perry and I were in Ocala, and we saw NXT Live. You may re- you may recall that we were there, yes. And after the match that Aleister Black won, I decided, you know what? This guy is my favorite. He's one of my very favorites in the whole world of wrestling. I'd like a photo with him. Considering we're here in about the third or fourth row, all I have to do is sidestep these couple of idiots, and <laughs> I can get... A picture with one of my favorite wrestling superstars on the planet. And guess what? Aleister Black and all of his spooky hoodoo 
That is, his character is kind enough to stop and pose for a picture. Now, he's not going to goof it up. Begrudgedly. Um, but, well, I think the dude was actually hurt. Okay. And we did talk about that on the We Were There. Yeah. Because I really think he did injure his ankle that night. Obviously, he's fine as we see him performing at Doing backflips and very yeah. best at TakeOver Brooklyn. But anyway, on this night, he poses ever so stoic, ever so spooky hoodoo in his picture. And I, on the other hand, look like a complete fool. You look like a complete fool in this picture. You don't, I don't know you, why, because I never look like a complete fool, uh, especially in pictures. So that, I mean, I'm incredibly self-aware. You, uh, you're like the robots and the Skynet and P2. Exactly. You're self-aware. Um, no, you, you, you can, you can play it up and act the fool if you want to, but I must say that I rarely see you take a bad picture, and I don't think you're good looking or anything like that. Well, you do. I just, I just don't think you, you take, do think that. I, I think you have and so much. Right. You have so much practice taking selfies that I think you know, right? I, I whatever do you mean, oh, sir? Okay, uh, but no, it is pretty funny. I, I looked at the picture and I was like, "This one's good," and no, they're not. I was like, "They're no, all not, not good. good pictures." First of all, you're not okay. even looking at the, Has at anybody, the camera. Have any of you, dear listeners, ever taken a picture of a grandparent or anyone over the age of seventy-five, and you, and never once will their eyes be looking into the lens? It's like they're always looking slightly to the left. Or above or below. It's like, what? where are you looking? Where are you looking, elder of the community? Uh, because you're not looking at the camera. Right. Well, that's exactly what I'm doing in this picture. I'm looking... I don't know what I'm looking at. I'm looking at the orbs or spirits that were above your head as you were taking the picture. Well, that's probably more interesting. Not to mention, I'm trying to throw up the wrestler, like, clenched fist forearm. You know, like, you know, trying to do the, like, yeah! Uh... Because typically that's what the other wrestler is doing. And the other wrestler. That's not me. The wrestler. (laughs) (laughs) Any other wrestler, any wrestler, I should say, that I'm taking a picture with or is is doing that. And so I'm doing that. Only it doesn't look like that. It's no good. It looks like I'm doing like a weird, sad, slow motion, fat guy fist bump. Like fist pump. It's very odd. It looks looking. like you're kind of flexing, like almost. It looks like I don't know, like you didn't get up a full flex in time or something like it's that. It's terrible. It, it is. Anyway, it you'll bad. never see the picture. It, it will. It will serve us on Instagram eventually, folks. I swear I, it. I burned it. Oh, <laughs> burned your iCloud account then. Um, no, the cloud. <laughs> but anyway, uh, so that picture exists. But, but anyway. I do love Alistair Black, and on this night he takes on Hideo Itami. Alistair Black. Has his music played for him. Yeah. His entrance theme plays. He raises up like Nosferatu. Then walks onto the stage as the band shreds his music. (laughs) And it's excellent. I am into every second of the spooky hoodoo. And like love the vest and the tattoos. Yeah. Yeah. Oscar Black is uh, is good stuff. Also the kickboxing. It's... Mostly kickboxing offense, so it's a very unorthodox wrestler. It is. It's great to watch. It's um, fun. Hideo busts uh, Alistair Black open pretty early on in this match. Yeah, uh, his nose is bleeding for most of the match, so it's very like, stop hitting Alistair. I can only assume that Hideo Itami said, on this night only, I will not be the only one walking out of here yes. with a broken nose. Yeah. Take that, Alistair. Immediately take that. 
Um, yeah, there's some there's some good like strong style stuff in here with like they're kicking each other for real, hitting each other for real. It's uh it's it's pretty uh pretty heavy stuff. Yeah, it's a good match. I, I like to see Alistair Black doing his thing, and I hope that he becomes uh, uh the the very tip top of this division, this brand, if you will, NXT. I feel bad about Hideo Itami because he is a good wrestler, but there's nothing exciting about him. You're right. Um, it's it's that that's very sad. I mean, unfortunately, we may have talked about this in the show. I know we've talked about it, you and I, away from the away from the microphones. Um. Hideo Itami unfortunately came along when Shinsuke Nakamura came along, and that is a big shadow to cast. So Hideo kind of got swept under the rug. Not to mention injury after injury for Hideo Itami. So uh, yeah, it's it's been unfortunate for him. It's been a Limity Snicket's series of unfortunate <laughs> events or whatever the hell it is uh, for Hideo Itami. Uh, but anyway, uh, Alistair Black does go over, and we both said he did because doesn't Alistair Black have to win, doesn't he? This would have been foolish. This would have been a really bad step backward for Black to lose this yeah, match. Yeah. So he wins. He wins. And with that, uh, we move on from the grudge matches and enter the uh, three title matches. The, all the NXT championship belts are on the line. Here at TakeOver Brooklyn 3. A gauntlet of title matches, if you will. Including uh, the tag team titles, which are defended by the Authors of Pain, uh, Akam and Razor. I finally know which is which now. Uh, which I'm, is... I might know which is which. I did on this night. Okay. Because you kept pounding right. in my head. Well, Corey said the wrong one. Corey Graves, who jumped on commentary. Corey. He, he did say the wrong guy. And it come was on, like, buddy. We got to do better. Come on, Corey. You've been away for not long at all. Uh, but uh, they take on Sanity. Uh, supposedly, it's going to be Alexander Wolf and Killian Dane. However, a little bit of an audible is called on the line. That's a football reference. You wrestle nerds, you. Um, and uh, instead of Killian Dane, Eric Young, EY, jumps up, which is very cool. Very uh, New Day move, if you ask me. It's very cool, very New Day. But hold your horses, Perry, because you have not given me the opportunity to shit all over what the authors of Pain <laughs> yes. wore to the ring. Okay. Obviously, the WWE has in just I think I think the way that I'm about to mention is like the final step that it took to acknowledging that SummerSlam and SummerSlam weekend is essentially WrestleMania Junior. Mm-hmm. It's like James Bond Junior. Only it's WrestleMania. Only Jr. it's not god awful. <laughs> and as WrestleMania Junior, as WrestleMania's kid brother, SummerSlam is gonna bring out all the special things. There's gonna be special entrances. There's gonna be special uh, start times. Obviously, SummerSlam is now gonna be 14 hours long, just like WrestleMania. Obviously, obviously, it obviously. Is. Okay. Well, now I think that the wrestlers have gotten into it as well. And as you've heard us talk about the WrestleMania whites and that sort of thing, uh, SummerSlam has now become at least the second time during the year, if not more, because some guys just feel froggy and break new stuff out all the time. But this is one of those weekends, much like WrestleMania, where people bring out new stuff, even if it's only one-time stuff. Well, the authors of pain, instead of their typical just like all black or like black and tan, uh, like riot gear, instead they D-Lo broke Brown out gear. camos, and that was cool. 
The camo worked. Everything about the <laughs> neck down was just fine. However, they had these... I don't know what they were. I don't know what they thought they were. They thought that they were supposed to be like... I think they thought they were cool. They were. Oh, they definitely thought they were cool. They were like, man, we're so cool. <laughs> man, we're like Godzillas. We're like two Godzillas. We're like Godzillas. We're like two Godzillas, and here we are. And Godzilla and... Godzilla, Godzilla Jr., <laughs> only not shitty. <laughs> here we are. We're taking over Brooklyn. But they, they looked like crappy Ninja Turtles. They did. They look like uh, again. They're like like you, like, like, like cheap kids party turtles. They did. They yeah. did. And like, it's the kind of thing that like if that were a Ninja Turtle like party mask, and it was hanging on the shelf at Target or at Walmart or Kmart or wherever, and you picked it up, you'd go, "Oh wow, this is this is really good for what it is." A kid's crappy toy party mask you know for a crappy thing well then that's this is saying. good well that's what i'm saying is like i've noticed over the years especially with the popularity of the marvel cinema, uh cinematic universe and all the masks that come out with the movies and stuff i'm like these are exceptionally good but that means they're exceptionally good for what they are right so if i had seen those exact same masks that the authors of pain war at takeover Hanging on a shelf at Target, I'd go, wow, those hey, are... Hey, not bad. Hey, not bad. Those are Not cold. bad for what you are, you shitty mask. Right. Yeah. Now, that's really good for a Ninja Turtle mask that a kid will break within three weeks. It looks nice. It's a nice design. Blah, 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 blah. Okay. That's not good enough for your special, super duper, first time ever, making a difference, making a statement mask... That you, as a tag team champion, are wearing at the second biggest show of the year for your brand. No, it ends up looking extra double plus crappy and cheap, and you look like a couple of camouflage Ninja Turtles. Yeah, it doesn't help that they're wearing all green. So it just it did, it did look pretty bad. Bad, bad news. It did look bad, and uh, <laughs> so beyond that. But beyond that... But beyond that, the match was actually very good. It was. A uh, very good match. Uh, good to get everyone and Sanity involved. It was a big group effort. Um, and just really, really good wrestling. It was surprising. It was really cool and surprising that Eric Young took the spot of Killian Dane. I thought for sure, like, oh, man, take Wolf out, you know? That way it's Dane and Eric Young. Like, those those are the two, like, the I don't want to say the better of the three, but they kind of are the better of the three. Um, not, Ke- on, not on this night. Because Killian Dane's size and because of Eric Young being the, the so-called leader of Sanity. Sure, of course. Uh, that's that's my, my thinking here. But no, um, Wolf did a, a great job. All of a sudden, Alexander Wolf is this great wrestler. It's like, whoa, all those house shows really paid off for Wolf. Uh, Eric Young's doing his thing, and it's great. His voice hurts my throat to think about. <laughs> yeah. uh, you know, Nikki Young's doing fun stuff. and uh, You know, I said about Alexander Wolf, I was like, because of his his... His haircut, his beard, and his weird, like, his weird teeny tiny, like, googly eyes, like, beady eyes. Uh, and his ring gear, he's like a circus all in one. An entire right. circus where it's like, oh, he's the clown and the strong man. Well, I guess he's also a trapeze artist because he is flying through the air with the greatest of ease <laughs> on this night. Over the top rope, flinging his body like a weapon. And then, again, 
he's the strong man. He's the circus strong man. So he's he's doing release German suplexes to either Akam or and Rezark because uh, uh, apparently I don't actually know them apart yet. <laughs> but uh, so yeah, we're getting all of this, and of course with his slam dancing. Alexander Wolf is also the sideshow here at the circus. It's well, becoming a, the one man circus. It's becoming very good at slam dancing, by the way, of all the practice. Um, <laughs> but it was all hands on deck, which was uh, expected and necessary. Even Nikki Cross uh, does a flying crossbody out of the ring, and either Akam or Razor, I forget which, catches oh, her. Oh, now who doesn't know which one is I, which? I can, if I'm looking at him, I can say which is which, but top of my head, I can't remember who, who this happened to, but. Uh, they catch Nikki Cross on the outside, and you're like, oh, no, Nikki Cross! But then Killian Dane comes running around and just runs into him. They they slam into a, a table that's on the outside that's upright, and uh, the, poor Nikki Cross got sandwiched between Akum and or Razor <laughs> and uh, Killian Dane. And that's, a, that's a tough girl. She is a very tough girl. Yeah. Can never get enough of Nikki Cross. I love seeing her wrestle... Love seeing her in action. Love seeing uh, her. As the competitor. Love seeing her at ringside. She's great. She always gets involved. And, and for such a tiny, tiny girl. Such a wee lass. She, she is a wee lass. She's from Scotland. And she is all over the place with some of the bigger dudes uh, in NXT. And uh, just, just thinking back, in case there are any of you who are listening who still haven't taken in NXT properly, as you should... And who still might not be familiar with Killian Dane? Perry once described him as what it uh, would look like if a ham were dropped on the floor, or dropped on a dirty floor, and and rolled around. And I don't disagree, um, but I would also like to uh, posit for your consideration that he's also a bit like Hagar the Horrible. Remember Hagar the Horrible from the comic strips? Anybody remember the Sunday Funnies? Come on, you're not too old. Is, is he the redheaded Viking? Yeah. Okay, then yes. Other than Killian <laughs> Dane. Okay, then no, I don't know who that is. <laughs> uh, yeah. No, I, I, I get that. Yeah. A bit like Hagar the Horrible, and he's sort of, he's got, uh, well, he's furry all over with his own natural body fur. Indeed. But then uh, his, his, his outfit also... A lot of fur around the midsection. He likes the fur. He, he likes is. the fur. And I like the fur. Uh, but Sanity. Sanity wins this match. Yeah, man. Sanity goes over huge. And uh, AOP is... Or there are such heels that it makes Sanity look like faces. And everyone's all for Sanity to win. Because no one likes the Authors of Pain. Yeah. No one likes the Authors of Pain. They had a shirt. They have a shirt. An Authors of Pain shirt. No one's gonna buy that. Uh, no one cares. Right? Uh, that almost that almost makes me want to care. No, that almost makes me feel bad. No one go. I've I've never gone to a house show and heard someone in line go, "Man, I'm off to paint is awesome." You know, no one has ever done that. <laughs> That's true. Yeah. Um. So I feel bad for him, but I mean. They're kind of they're booked boring, uh, you're and right. they're kind of boring. But that's the thing. And you go get sanity. And there's so much personality Ooh, coming so out of sanity. Boring. So not. Boring. And it's great. Sanity wins. They're victorious. They got the belts, but not for long. Oh no. The artists, formerly known as Red Dragon, descend upon the ring 
here at the Barclays Center in Brooklyn, New York at NXT TakeOver. That's right, Bobby Fish and Kyle O'Reilly, former tag team partners, former ROH World Tag Team Champions, former IWGP World Tag Team Champions, tag team of international acclaim, Red Dragon, now in NXT. As we have reported on the whole reference show, both Bobby Fish and Kyle O'Reilly independently have had debut matches on NXT television. Both very good matches, both against Aleister Black, coincidentally. And while both were allowed to wrestle under their their given name, their 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 known name, their, their famous God name, given name, uh, and they were both given a little bit of uh, of their their due, I guess. They were given a little bit of talking up. They weren't given a lot. They kind of were just like, yeah, of course, it's Kyle O'Reilly. Those guys. I'm very uh, surprised to hear like Mario Ronaldo say like, from New Japan and ROH. It's always weird hearing that. It's always like, no, you can't say that. You can't say that. Right. Vince is going to be so <laughs> mad. <laughs> but yeah, on this night, they do get uh, quite a bit of talking up. We get uh, a lot from Mauro Ronaldo talking about just how big of a deal it is that Bobby Fish and Kyle O'Reilly have hit the ring and are saying, guess what, Sanity? Celebration's over, kid. And just wham, <laughs> bam. long of a celebration. Ding, 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 winners. Oh, no, it all, got, it all went wrong. It all went not wrong. like this. Not like this. So Sanity's uh, title reign may not be much of a reign. It might be a, a, a light shower because uh, Fish and O'Reilly are here for them belts. Yes, they are. So, looking forward to seeing that. Looking forward to see more of uh, Fish and O'Reilly in the coming weeks of NXT. Stay tuned, and uh, we'll keep you informed, as we always do, on the whole reference show. Moving on, though. More gold on the line. That's right. The ladies' match. The one ladies' match, even though there are 40 women, it seems, under uh, contract for NXT. Yeah, I don't ever want to hear that the women's division isn't deep enough or doesn't have enough stars or people aren't ready, and that's why we got to keep Asuka down there in Orlando. You don't. You don't. You don't. That is a very healthy and wealthy division. I'm going to have to agree with you on that one. But speaking of Asuka, she does defend her NXT Women's Champion. Again, over 500 days as champion. And uh, still my favorite lady in the biz right now. Old Asuka. Yeah, they say she's the Empress of Tomorrow. You know who's calling her that. (laughs) (laughs) I say she's the Empress of today and of yesterday. Yeah, man. Over 500 yesterday, as a matter of fact. And counting... Because she retains the belt. She does. We, uh... Oh, no, no, not we nothing. (laughs) I choose Asuka to continue her streak. It's important, I think, for her to keep it going. Well, I choose you, Pikachu. And you chose Ember Moon. Now, it made sense. It made sense to kind of pass the torch to Asuka, Ember Moon, become new champion. Asuka move on to bigger, better things. And I do think that Asuka is going to show up. If she's not showing up right now. She might be showing up right It might be happening now. right now on Raw. I don't know because we're recording this early. I'm going to feel I'm gonna feel foolish if she is. 
He's um, just gonna feel right foolish. But Oscar needs to, and I mean, there's four or five girls who work in these house shows. There's forty five girls. There actually are forty five yeah. girls, but there are at least four or five girls that you could put on the main show right now, and they're they're good to go. So send Oscar up. I, I think NXT with with Bobby Fish and Kyle O'Reilly, and someone is coming up a little bit later on in the show. The the landscape of NXT you can already see is dramatically changing. So it's like some people they can they can move on to the the bigger shows. Yeah, because with a lot of the stuff that's about to be happening with your other two title divisions, title pictures, yeah, it's time to make that women's division look different. That's actually why I picked Ember Moon because whether or not Oscar was going to go up, Ember Moon would have signaled. Something different is happening. Right. Um, not that Asuka hasn't been great. You, not that I would have words carefully any problem with right. her sticking around. Or any problem with her moving up. Anywhere she's going to be uh, a recipient of uh, spotlight that she deserves, I'm all for. Even if that meant keeping her, her being Asuka right there in NXT. I'm just saying, even without the belt, Asuka would be still plenty great. In NXT, but we need that belt, and we need some more movement, and we need some more women on NXT television. I understand. The house shows are chock full of these women that we keep talking about. I love the fact that you can go to an NXT house show and see three women's matches, and and one of them might be a tag match or a six woman tag. And or so, a woman's battle royal, which I, I saw, which was great. And that is so much fun. And you get uh, exposed to all these other women that you realize are all in NXT right now and are all pretty excellent. Mm-hmm. You just don't get that on NXT television or on pay-per-view. You would think that Asuka and Ember Moon are just about it. I'm glad that we at least got to see Peyton Royce and Billy Kay in the stands, goofing off with Daniel Bryan, which, which was, yeah. Well, I think you said to me when we saw it, it was almost surreal looking. It's like a crossover event. It's like DC and Marvel characters, <laughs> right? Or something. But it was still cool to at least see those girls on TV, the iconic duo, yeah. and have them be referenced again as yes, these are current women wrestlers. Um, but put them back in the ring. But I'm back on hey, NXT man. television. I agree. It has a lot to do with maybe adding a third hour to takeovers because, I mean, everyone is saying it's how much NXT takeover is usually the better of the two shows anyway. Yeah. I mean, the wrestling, it's kind of hard to compare. Speaking of wrestling, this this the best match I've seen Asuka and Ember Moon have in a very long time. They have a really, really good match here. Ember Moon, in my mind, just keeps getting better and better. She's getting better and better. I, I again, uh, trouble with the mic, you know... She has a couple personality quirks she needs to kind of work through. Uh, it's just hard to to go against Asuka, who just kind of has that great look. And she's very unique and has that ability. And, you know, she's Japanese, so that's different for NXT, WWE. Sure. Um, and she's so dominant and, you know, this and that and all that stuff. Um, basically, she's more or less, I, won't, I don't make the comparison because they're both Japanese, but sort of a female Shinsuke. Only because they kind of came up together and they were so dominant and they got over so quickly, you know, and, and people didn't expect that probably. That's the only reason I kind of compare them. But anyway, um, so I mean, Asuka, win or lose, I think she's about to jump. I thought it would be great if she just kind of kept the belt and jumped. 
again, maybe happening. I don't know. <laughs> but uh, this is probably the only match I was like really, really invested in because I'm such a big Asuka fan. And Asuka, she keeps that title, man. And Ember Moon even hits her dreaded finisher, the Eclipse, on Asuka. And uh, it's, it's funny we mentioned the Eclipse on the show because today was the day of the Eclipse. That's We're going right. to date this show right now. This is Eclipse Day, folks. The complete solar eclipse. Did you watch the show? Now it feels like a morning talk talk show. Did you watch the eclipse? I did. I, I did. did. I went outside with my son. And we took in the eclipse. Uh, you have a son? Uh, no, the, the sun was outside, Darren. Oh, and the sky. you went outside with your sun <laughs> and your moon with the sun and my moon and your clouds. Now you're being silly. And um, your ionosphere. Yes, and and did you observe the eclipse? I did. Okay, I went outside with my son. No, I didn't. Okay, I went outside with my students. I took my seventh period. Which, by the way, we haven't mentioned that Darren recently became a teacher. That's right. I mean, he's been teaching all of us. Oh, go for on. For so long on go the show. On. Go on. Go on. But yes. uh, yeah, Darren, uh, he got a haircut and a real job, as they say. <laughs> so. I transitioned after a number of years as a chef into a school teacher. That was my original calling once upon a time. I have returned back to that calling, that that field of academia. It beckoned me back, and now I am teaching all four high school grades in the upper school of a private college preparatory academy. Nice. And um, so I'm teaching uh, world history, U.S. history, U.S. government, right, as well as one section of AP world history. Yeah. So lots of history. So I get to talk just like this. Yeah. Only instead of talking about uh, Katsuyori Shibata and the Nature Boy Ric Flair, instead I'm talking about um, oh God, let's say Sargon of Akkad Boo. and Hammer Rabbi of Babylon. These are all horrible and heels. My oh, kids yes. are looking at me like. What? Who? Who? What? How do you? How do you spell Asurbanipal? You mean you don't know? But oh man, let me just tell you, dear listeners, if you don't know about Asurbanipal, oh man, he was he was a uh, Mesopotamian was emperor, and he called himself the king of the universe. Wow! Now, if that is not a heel tactic, man, I don't know what it is. Oh jeez, I don't See, know. It, what all, it, it all goes hand in hand. Um, but yeah, it all so, goes back to pro wrestling. So a lot of personal changes in our lives. Yeah. Darren got a real job. I'm moving cross country. I had a real job. <laughs> I just have a different <laughs> real job. <laughs> I had a real job. Thank you. I'm not er, er, Earlier I said you got a haircut, a real job. I'm so harping on that. I'm sorry. I'm, I'm also not a George Thorogood and the Destroyers uh, song. Well, thank God for that because that guy's horrible. But. Hey. No, no, no. Do not defend George Thorogood. I Thurgood. will defend. No. Do not defend George Thorogood. All right. You don't have to like him, but you should to def- you should defend to the death, his right to be George Thurgood <laughs> no! and the Destroyers. No! Yes. Oh, man. That's, yes, indeed he do. That's the worst. Anyway. So thank you for diminishing my 
uh, new position. Um, okay, okay. Nevertheless, yes. I said happy to you that, because happy to me, <laughs> happy to happy you, happy to me, happy to you for for a, for for new beginnings. Yes, and new that, beginnings. And you are mighty welcome for you. <laughs> and uh, and uh, happy new beginnings. Back on the left coast, my friend. Thank you very much. Thank you very much. But not happy new beginnings for Ember Moon, who was unsuccessful in capturing the NXT Women's title. She was. Better better luck next time, if there is a next time. Who yeah. knows? Uh, well, I don't know when the next time Ember Moon will have an attempt uh, at delivering the Eclipse, but I also don't know... When the next real eclipse will be. Remember we were talking about well, the actual eclipse. I'll tell you one thing. The next time the eclipse will be positioned to where everyone in the world can see it at the same time uh, is in 400 years. 400 years? 400 years. I might not be around for that one. Asuka will still be women's champion. She probably will. <laughs> she is the empress of tomorrow. Yeah, that's right. She is the empress of four centuries in the future. But yes, to answer your question from whenever, 10 minutes ago... I did see the eclipse today. Hey! I did. I went outside. I cut my 7th period world history class short. And we all went outside to observe a little history. How is it that you guys actually saw the eclipse? Did you make the, the cereal box things? Or? We didn't have to make them. Um, actually, some of the kids, I guess their parents bought them Several pairs. Well, this is rich kids, right? So, Come on, let's, well, let's go ahead know, and say it. You like, don't have to say it, but I can say it, Darren. They can't, I can't They say can't it. fire me. It's not a mansion These little school. shits. It's not a mansion I'm school. I'm kidding. It, no, it totally is a mansion <laughs> school. By the way, we, we make the I make the joke about you going to a mansion school, and you literally get a job at a mansion school. That's hilarious. Fair enough. Okay. Fair enough. Um, I don't think they're shits, by the way. I'm kidding. I'm so, kidding. Actually, luck, luckily for us all, because I myself did not buy any Eclipse glasses, mm-hmm. nor... No, because you're not a rich person and... who has disposable income. I mean, like on wrestling shows and merch, <laughs> sure, but not on solar Eclipse glasses. Also, I'm not a science teacher, so I didn't really know how to make the right. cereal box, pinhole, what have you. So I just plan to basically just go outside and just not look up, but sort mm-hmm. of look around and watch it get a little darker and feel it get a little cooler. But luckily, some of my students' parents had uh, forked out the cash and bought their kids several pairs. So for every kid out there in the uh, courtyard who did not have a pair, there were plenty of pairs to go around. Whoa, 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 whoa. Not only did they buy their child a pair, they bought several pairs. Right. It was buy one, get three for free or something like that. Who knows? But luckily enough, one of my students came up and said, Mr. Beasley, would you like some Eclipse glasses? But, I said, but the, yes. But they weren't Eclipse glasses, they were regular glasses? She was trying to blind you? Nah, I'm blind now. <laughs> <laughs> No, actually, but but that these but, work. <laughs> in all seriousness, I did inspect the hell out of the glasses. Yes, because you don't trust. Because I was kids. like, I was like, I don't know about this. Yes. Um, but I put them on. I looked up. You know, they were like, as long as it's pitch black when you put them on, you're looking anywhere but at the sun. Yeah, that was the case. I looked straight up, and then I was like, oh wow! Because by the time I finally looked at the sun. Uh, the moon, the shadow of the moon, was probably 50 or 60% complete. And so that was a really neat thing to look at. And then I uh, did want to stare at it, even with the glasses. 
So I would look up for about three or four seconds at a time, about every five minutes. And yeah, just watch it gradually move all the way across. Where we are here in South Georgia, we got about 90%. Um, so it didn't get pitch black outside or anything. However, I did hear crickets start chirping. Um, I got a text crickets message. Crickets were like, oh shit, it's nighttime. Chirp, 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 Well, exactly. And my brother, who lives in Northern Virginia, who so if we're on the southern end of seeing the eclipse, because the, the, the pathway here on the east coast went right through the border of the Carolinas. So we're just on the south side of you it. You can't turn it off, can you? My brother, my brother here living on the on northern Virginia was on the just on the north side. So he kind of got the 90% as well. And he set out behind his office building. Uh, I guess they're near some woods. Not only was it like immediately frogs and crickets start going nuts, deer start coming out of the woods oh, no. to do the, their normal feeding oh, like they do no. at dusk. And then five minutes later, the deer were like, what the hell? And just like ran yes. back in the woods. I, so. uh, I I noticed how dark it was getting. So I went and I got in my zoot suit and I cruised around town for chicks. And then I was like, oh, no, the sun. And I <laughs> drove home <laughs> to put my normal clothes back on. <laughs> okay. Because we all know that at nighttime, I, this cruise, is, ar- I cruise around right, right, right. in my zoot suit. So when you said that, like... Because that's so absurd, and and it just serves as a cutaway, I literally saw you doing that, but it wasn't you, it was Peter Griffin from Family Guy. Hey, I don't know what that means. It means that's... that's oh, that's a Family Guy type that's joke. It's a Family okay. Guy type joke where they're talking about the eclipse, and that's Peter's example. Okay, okay. Uh, but yes. Nevertheless, well, that's cool. very I s- funny. I saw the solar eclipse. Yeah. Uh, with no no protective eyewear, whatever. That's good. I just looked up. Because I, I didn't know if it was happening or not, and I was kind of like, it's kind of dark outside, because it, it also rained for a bit. I was like, I don't know, it could be anything. And I looked up, and I was like, you're not supposed to do this, but I'm going to do it. But it was cloudy, so, I mean, I, I could kind of see where something maybe was happening, and, like, this hurts my eyes, so I stopped, <laughs> I stopped doing it, and I worried for, like, ten minutes, like, did I just do it? Did I do it to myself? And uh, I, I can see pretty well. Uh, Mom? And um, so I think I'm okay. But anyway, that was the solar eclipse, and that happened. And, uh, and it won't happen again for 400 years. The sun went down on uh, our NXT champion, unfortunately. The main event, Bobby Roode took on Drew McIntyre. And uh, I said Bobby Roode would retain. You said Bobby Roode would retain. And uh, we were wrong. We were wrong. Because it was a new day in NXT. I don't know why I made that pick. I, I, I just thought Bobby Roode would just keep him out. Because I, I thought there's so many people waiting to cut, like, who have, like, it's, it's like going to the deli at the supermarket. Like, everyone <laughs> draws a number. And it's like, okay, he's going to take care of him. We're going to move on to him. Take care of him. Move on to him. But I kind of forgot the NXT machine set up to where, like, the champion takes on two new guys. And then, like, maybe the second new guy takes over. Right. They do the same thing. Um, so, I guess I kind of forgot Bobby Roode's on, like, his second new guy already. I, and I hate that, like, Roderick Strong and Hideo Itami are, like, always, always holding numbers two and three. Yeah, yeah. But Poor guys. It's, it's the way it is. Uh, it's a good match, too. I mean, Roode's giving up a lot of size in this match. Um, McIntyre's just a huge, stout guy. He really is. But Rude is in such phenomenal shape. Like I said before, Rude looks like 
Bob Roode looks like if you had a wrestler factory. Sure. You you, hit, you pulled a crank and <laughs> Bob Roode comes out. Um, but a uh, super, super good match. Uh, some really good stuff going on here. But just uh, surprisingly, man, Drew McIntyre goes over on Bob Roode. I, I was not expecting that. Um, but when it happened, I was kind of like, okay, that that's fine. That can happen. Uh, the big the big surprise here, though, is definitely what happened at the end of the match. Much like when Sanity won the tag team titles, were viciously attacked by Bobby Fish and uh, Kyle O'Reilly. Uh, Drew McIntyre wins, and his victory is very short-lived because Adam Cole, baby, uh, runs on in. With Bobby Fish with and Kyle O'Reilly. With Bobby Fish and Kyle O'Reilly, and they, uh, they take uh, Drew McIntyre out. Adam Cole, baby! So, I mean, and as we were hinting at earlier um, with uh, Fish and O'Reilly existing in the Sanity uh, win... Um, like you can already see the face of NXT, the landscape changing dramatically immediately, and it just seems like Rude and Asuka, like even they can kind of just step out and just move on up to the main roster because with Cole and Fish and O'Reilly, like something happening here, what it is ain't exactly clear. There's <laughs> uh, a man with a gun over there telling me I ought to be where. Right. Um, right. But anyway. Um, so yeah, I mean, I'm really excited about the future of NXT with these three new people that already kind of reinvigorates, and now we have a new uh, staple. You know that that that's really right. Cool. The idea of those three as a stable. Wonder if they're going to get a name. Right. Wonder what the whole what the uh, pardon the pun here, but what the angle is. Right. Yeah. But give them a woman. That way we have full on gang warfare against Sanity. Um, please, there's so warfare. many women. That you can you can throw with them and it's it's gonna instantly boost the woman you know what I mean it's gonna work so well for her um, so just send someone who's kind of ready to go and get her up there or or uh, I don't know who they are yet but surely they've signed some of the women from the May Young Classic absolutely that yeah, were yeah. not previously under contract some of them might be in some you know NXT or some PC type of contract put one of them whoever fits the best. Put them. Yeah. So that way, you know, even though these are familiar faces, Adam Cole and Red Dragon, you, they're still super new to NXT and it's odd that they're there. So the woman needs to be odd too. It doesn't need to be like, like Liv Morgan or, or, oh, no, no, or no, even Mandy Rose. Fits. It need, well, I mean, not just I mean, maybe Maybe someone like Mia Kim or someone like that. Like someone who you kind of know already from TNA, ROH. Right. Know? She's TNA, but still. Um, someone like that. Someone who's who's known. Who isn't just a total unknown. Or someone who's just worked indies forever, you know. Uh, so many people you can do this. Because there are a billion women under contract for NXT. But man, we are so excited about the future of NXT. But when it comes to this head-to-head... Head-to-head. I win. Yes, you do. Yes, yes, I do. Yeah, it's not easy being the best in the world, Darren. It's not easy being the best in the world. Who'd you hear that from? Uh, me, the best in the world. Um, telling myself it's not easy to be me. I don't know. The best in the world. Um, out of these five matches, I got one wrong. I, I would say, like, man, like, come on, Rude, you gotta win so I can get that that perfect victory. Um, but uh, didn't quite happen. But still, I mean, very happy with how uh, the night turned out. Uh, obviously, Fish and O'Reilly and Cole. That's huge. And it was better than them being in the audience going like, hey, <laughs> I'm wearing a blazer. We're saying a well-groomed white guy out of Cole. Yeah. Uh, just in the in the audience watching. Yeah, this was a much better 
a more exciting move than that. More impactful and very and, impactful, and much better. And they uh, they got their message right across. They're here to take over at NXT Takeover, and that was NXT Takeover Brooklyn three. And a uh, great show, really great show. Some say it stole the weekend. It stole SummerSlam weekend. It did. It maybe, always does. Maybe it should have been called Takeover Weekend. Oh, 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 oh. oh. Um, you know, I wonder where are they going to be next year. It was only a three-year deal with the Barclays Center for this extravaganza. I'm sure Barclays hates them. Like, oh, finally, the third year is up. Shoot, shoot, shoot! Take your Finn Balor's and your Bray Wyatt. It'll be interesting to see where SummerSlam Weekend heads from here. Uh, we're at heads to heads. Head to head. From here. And speaking of which, we got one more, Darren. We're going to go back to the Barclays Center for Sunday's SummerSlam 17. And so now it is time for us to get into WrestleMania Jr. Not James Bond Jr. WrestleMania Jr. A.K.A. SummerSlam 2017, a.k.a. the hashtag biggest party of the summer. Go! Also coming to you from Brooklyn, New York, the Barclays Center, on Sunday, the 20th of August, 2017, the night after TakeOver Brooklyn 3. Here we are, SummerSlam. It's Brooklyn. It's the third of the three-year contract that they have with the Barclays Center. Where do they go from here? I don't know, but on this night... Where do we go now? Oh, where do we go now? (laughs) Sweet summer slam of my eye. Well, on this night, we have a lucky number 13 matches on the card. Three of which are on the pre-show. The two-hour-long pre-show. I gotta say, I was exhausted after the pre-show was over. I was like, man, that was a lot of wrestling. And SummerSlam hadn't even begun yet. And they would go the full four hours. Yeah, They did not cut out early. I was surprised. And one of the matches lasts five seconds. And that shows you how long this card is. And, you know, to their credit, they do have massive rosters. They they crammed this thing full of talent and a lot of all this talent deserves to be on the show. I agree, and I, so much more cut out deserved to be on the show. Oh, I know, I know. And I it's, mean, it's rough. It's when rough. you look at this, where is Sami Zayn? Who? <laughs> exactly. <laughs> where is so much of the talent that is not even on this card, which is so full of talent yeah and and well this match they kind of uh they kind of crammed together at the very uh the very last minute we talked about uh the very first match on the kickoff show is jason jordan angle uh he's with the hardy boys matt and jeff hardy they're taking on the miz and the miz now the funny thing about the miz to me besides the fact that they are kind of comical um uh, and their name is the miz i've never seen a tag team named after someone who is not in the tag team. Isn't that kind of odd? That is kind of odd. Yeah, they're the Miz Taraj. That is interesting. Yeah, so if the Miz Taraj ever turned on the Miz, are they still Miz Taraj? No, there's no no, way. Okay, there's no way. No way, no way. No, that's interesting, though. That's interesting that you put it that way. Yeah, I noticed that during the the pre-show. And uh, this uh, this is a decent match. I mean, this match basically happened on Raw. This is maybe a slightly better version than the Raw match you saw because, uh, you know, Jason Jordan, they want to break him of that whole tag team uh, 
uh, scene. So, of course, you put them in a tag team. Oh. And uh, <laughs> they need to figure that out really quick. I still don't understand how we go from the Hardy Boys a few months ago stealing the show. Yes. At the Citrus Bowl in Orlando. Yes. Being the absolute hottest thing mm-hmm. to happen other than maybe The Undertaker's retirement. I had that thought as well, yeah. To the opening match on the pre-show. The last as a minute. part of a six-man. It's not even about them. Yeah. Now, this is all setting up Jason Jordan and The Miz. And Michael Cole even says uh, Jason Jordan wants that IC championship belt. And it was like... Shit, the Miz is gonna fucking win because this has become a thing now on Raw. And sure enough, Miz and the Miztourage go over on the faces. We thought just give it to the faces. Just give it to the faces. Let's hear it for the boys. Um, but no, uh, the, the heels give the hearty boys a hand. The heels go over because I guess it's becoming a thing between Jason Jordan and the the Miz. Becoming a which program. that's fine. That's fine. But, but why no are the Hardys involved? Why are you sacrificing the Hardy boys? I man, uh, the revival going down because of injury. That fucked over the Hardy Boys because they've got nothing. They're floating in space. But you know what? Put them with tag teams that are also doing nothing. It's, oh, it's, it's, I it's always... there was a tag. What was that tag team? I don't know what you're talking was it about. A... Oh, Enzo Amore and Big Cass. No, no, they were a good tag no, team. No. Wait, wait, was there also there was another tag team? It's that not was, anything. It was kind of they were pretty good. Or the... Now they're absolutely nothing of any concert. Oh, Gallows and Anderson. Oh, That's yeah, right. Okay. Remember how they had a tag team division going into WrestleMania and had an even better one right after WrestleMania? Where is that? Where is that tag team division? I don't know. Where also, is that Raw tag team division? Perry? Also, uh, Heath Slater and Rhino, they exist on Raw. Um, but, uh, yeah, so there's, there's plenty of things you could have done with the Hardy Boys involved. Um but uh, nonetheless, uh, we get that one wrong. And pre-show did not treat us kindly, by the way. No. A lot. It wasn't a great. No. It wasn't a great uh, head-to-head. Head-to-head for us in general. Uh, but the pre-show was particularly, particularly nasty. Yeah, not at all. Not at all. So we might as well get to our next huge embarrassing failure, hey. which is the way that we called the cruiserweight title match to go. Akira Tozawa, who is accompanied to the ring by Titus O'Neil, a member of the Titus brand, represented by the Titus brand, Which is will. great, and I love them. And it gives all those people something to do. Add, add a woman to it. Again, I think he needs to rep a woman. Oh, for sure. Akira Tozawa, with the help of his representation, Titus O'Neil, is the new cruiserweight champion and takes on the king of the cruiserweights, Neville. Neville, who was the long, long, long-term reigning Cruiserweight champion until they lost it to Tozawa just last week. Yeah. Now Neville on the warpath trying to regain that belt. And we thought, under these circumstances, ain't happening. No way is Neville going to reclaim a belt that he had forever lost for what we could only assume was a very important reason on a weekly show, not going to regain it in a pre-show match a week after he just lost it. Oh, wait. Oh, that's exactly what happened. Well, you know what happened? Neville was wearing his WrestleMania whites 
who's wearing his SummerSlam kickoff uh, show <laughs> whites, and that was enough to, to take away uh, Tazawa. It was actually a very good match. I think it's it's one of their better matches. These guys have great matches. It's like you know two of five live. Um, you know we've said unfortunately it does almost seem like the same match over and over again, but. This match has seen a billion times. This is probably one of the better of those matches. And unfortunately, the match does end with Neville hitting a red arrow on the back of Tazawa and rolls him up for the one, two, three, gets his belt back immediately. I think that's really shitty. You could have let Akira Tazawa hold on to it at least until the next pay-per-view. Um, also, it's the pre-show. The belts should not change hands on the pre-show. And they did. So, I mean, we're going to say that I and you got this wrong, you know, in our predictions. But really, WWE, you fucking got it wrong. That's <laughs> bullshit. That is some bullshit. And the bullshit doesn't stop there, folks, because we have a tag team match for the SmackDown Live tag team titles. The New Day defends against the Usos. That's right. The New Day, Big E, Xavier Woods, and Kofi Kingston on this night. Just Kofi Kingston and Xavier Woods, who are actually holding on to that tag rope and defending the big Navy Nichols that are the SmackDown Tag Team Championships. Yes, the big Navy Nichols. Um, yes. And uh, this match yes. this match is phenomenal, by the way. This is probably one of the best matches I've ever seen the New Day ever involved in. Me too. Uh, super good match. Also, the Usos. All the credit in the world to them. Um, because, I mean, say what you want about the Usos and especially about the New Day. A lot of people not happy with them because they were tag team champions for so long. You know what I say about the Usos? What do you say? They're awesome. Oh, there you go. I like, I love the heel Usos. I, I enjoy the, the New Day. Um, maybe some booking errors were made along the way. But, I mean, they're all very talented folks. And, again, it's, it reminds me of Pit Fighter. There's the strong guy, the, right. the fast guy, and then the, the, the medium guy who was a little strong, a little fast. After you, after you said that a while back and I was sort of halfway on board, I've come fully on board. Okay, good, good, so good. So now when the train leaves the station, I will be on it because I kind of dig it. Okay, dig good. It. Okay, good. Uh, but no, New Day, it was great. It was a great match, really good. And for some reason, the Usos regain the SmackDown Live Tag Team titles, beating the New Day, who didn't hold the belts for that long. Again, this happened on the pre-show. Again, it's pre-show. It, it literally means before show, right? So well, it's not even the show! On the network, it, nothing really means anything anymore. No, because that means that SummerSlam is six hours long, and well, it doesn't need to be. But it was. I know! Just like the term pay-per-view... Pre-shows don't make the back of the box, Darren. A pay-per-view is a term that doesn't really mean anything anymore. But it's in our brains. Right. PPV. For life. I guess so. But... It doesn't really matter, and neither does the term pre-show. They call it that, but you know who's calling them that, don't you? We are. They, they are. are. Okay, they, they are. are. Okay. Um, so, I don't know. Still a joke. Okay. Six of one, half dozen the other. Of course. But these terms, they have ceased to mean things. So, to be absolutely married to any of this terminology is... Is, is to set yourself up for disaster. I know. And that's what hurts the most, Darren. I know. Hurts the most. Uh, so pre-show, we 
suffer a horrible defeat at the pre-show. Woo! Uh, we get all three of the matches wrong in our predictions. The Yikes. heels go over in the faces. The Cruiserweight Championship changes hands. The tag titles change hands. Oh, too much happened on the pre-show. So now it's time for the actual show, the beginning of SummerSlam 17. Two hours down, four hours uh, to go. And it felt like it. It was uh, it was quite long, but uh, it starts off uh, surprisingly with uh, John Cena uh, taking on Baron Corbin, a, a feud that got set up pretty quickly. When John Cena tried to take Jinder Mahal's championship title away from him, uh, unsuccessfully as Baron Corbin interfered in the match, but John Cena said, well, you know what? You're fighting me now, Corbin. And uh, what's good for the goose? <laughs> Tony Danza. It is good for the goose. Oh, my that did, that sound like Tony What's Danza. good for the goose is good for the goose? Nice. That's right. I like it. And so... What's good for the Maverick is good for the Maverick. And Top Gun uh, joke. Top Gun joke. Right. You didn't catch it the first I time. I did. Okay. Goose, Maverick. You didn't even give me a look at all. The partners. Usually you give me a look that says, like, I know what you're doing. That's because I'm, I'm preparing for the uh, impending separation. The fact that I'm now going to look across from me okay, while okay. recording the show. Just you'll an, still see me. It'll just be an empty chair. You, you'll see it'll a, just be an empty chair. You'll see a, a delayed me on uh, Skype. It'll be well, see, fun. I don't want that. I don't want to be like, oh, what's good for the goose is good for the goose. And, and it... it Hey, goose. Uh, sorry, you gotta <laughs> cut that and rewind it. Oh, I gotta start See, over again. I don't know. Well, it's your fault for driving me away. Hey, let's not make this about our shit on the show, Darren. Hey, what's good for the goose is good for the maverick. What's good for John is good for John. Um, Cena, that is John Cena. <laughs> yes, John Cena and Cena? Baron Corbin. You can't Cena. And we both said that Cena would go over on Corbin because uh, a lot of heat. Yeah, there's some some office heat with Baron Corbin. They're not liking what he's doing with social media. There may be more to that. I don't know, but he certainly did. Uh, he <laughs> his attempt at uh, cashing in his money in the bank and trying to win that Jinder Mahal title. He floundered and flopped his way into a loss. And uh, you know, not too long after that, takes a heavy defeat at the hands of John Cena on SummerSlam. That's right. So after losing the MITB, yeah, yeah. he does the J-O-B on the PPV. Now, that term, PPV, is relative, because we all know PPV. I know. PPV I, is now an illusion. I just said that. I know, I and I'm, know. I'm trying to remind you. Well, teach. life... Is an illusion. Oh, here we go. It's not about wrestling anymore, is it, folks? But wrestling is life, so it is about wrestling. Man, you Whoa, said it, man. man. It's crazy. It's heavy, dude. It's uh, heavy. So, yeah, I mean, uh, Cena, Cena does the old five-knuckle chef. <laughs> he does. Well, I mean, we both picked Cena because we knew there's no way he's doing the J-O-B on the PPV. No. Not in the opening match and not against Baron Corbin. And not and with that's... his hair grown out a little bit. Yeah. yeah. Which is weird. What's he doing? It's... What movie is he making that they were like, all right, we still want you to have a we, ridiculous... we don't know that wigs exist. We still want you to have a ridiculous knuckle-dragging flat top, but we don't necessarily want you to be full-on jarhead. Right. It's like... Well, how about how about two week old jarhead? It's like how about lazy uh, knuckle dragger? Yeah, what? That's like every like once every four months I get my head shaved. 
and now it's been a couple months, and I, I, I get my hair shaved again in a couple months, but whatever, you know, I'm trying to save money on haircuts. And uh, guess what, John Cena, you just bought another multi-million dollar home on the left coast, so just for Nikki to have somewhere to stay, so she doesn't have to use Bree and Brian's eco-toilet, or whatever, or their compost toilet, so John Cena said, oh, so that Nikki can shit comfortably... Here, I'll buy this multi-million dollar home in California. No big deal, uh, but apparently I can't afford a haircut before I go on national television. You're spitting venom right now. Hey, I'm going to spit carnage next. And also, Nikki Bella is your wife. you gotta, you got to keep that happy, right? you got to lock that down. Well, they're not husband and wife yet. Oh. Not until we see Soon it air on Total Bellas. Yes, it's true. This is very true indeed. Uh, but speaking of ladies, whoa, speaking of past uh, women's champions, uh, a current women's champion, Naomi, defends her SmackDown women's title against Natalia. This is a straight-up fight, man. This is a straight-up fight. A straight-up fight. We All these do other things not dances. This is a straight-up fight. Yeah. Well, I assume you say that because we don't get the Carmella... No Carmella anything we at SummerSlam. We don't get her cashing in the Money in the Bank. Oh my we don't God. get her teasing cashing in Money in the Bank. Yeah. We don't even get her and friend of the show, James Ellsworth, standing on the ramp going, Oh, uh, I'm going to do it. I'm going to do there's it. A, there's and, that, and now he's Rocky Balboa. There's that weird picture um, of the two of them backstage where Carmella is wearing what looks like a very 80s, like, swimsuit. Like, did you see that? That said Carmella on it? It looked like straight out of glow. Like, it was, uh, you know what I mean? Like, the old 80s one-piece bathing suit. Uh, The glow they put put on a pair of orthopedic hose and that one-piece swimsuit. Some scrunchy socks and some cheerleader Reeboks. You need the scrunchy socks. And they were good to go. Well, Carmella's doing it, and I can't tell if she... I can't tell what she's going for. Okay. But uh, maybe she's trying to do her best Wendy Richter. Maybe. Uh, who knows? But anyway, I saw we see that picture, yeah. and we see Carmella give a hell of a promo on the pre-show, and the night before, out of the TakeOver pre-show, yet... Nowhere to be seen. No, no. We see Carmel and James Ellsworth backstage watching the match, but nowhere to be seen out on the main well, stage. Well, right, 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 right. Right. Um, so she's there. She's watching the match. But she's like, you know what? SummerSlam, one of the biggest shows of the year. That's not time. That's weird. It's weird that they didn't just, they didn't even tease it. I wonder really. if something last minute happened. I don't know. It's, it's but you know much. what did happen? What happened? What was pretty last minute ha- in my mind Natalia goes over. Natalia goes over. Very cleanly on Naomi with a sharpshooter in the center of the ring. Yeah, she had to do it twice. Yeah. I thought that was a nice touch. A nice touch. I I think champions, they can can kick out the first time. Sure. They they can can get to the rope the first time. That's a total, total, total legit way to keep the heat on your champion who becomes your ex-champion during the match. Is by have them, uh, by having them just absolutely, 
get their heat back by just saying, this is how hard I am to beat. I'm tough. I'm, I'm real tough. I'm <laughs> real tough. Right. Natalia, though, captures that SmackDown Women's Championship fairly yeah. by herself. No interference from a buddy outside. Beats the super baby face. No Queen Carmella. Her. No nothing. She just beats Naomi. Just beats her. Because on any given beats night. Her like a dog, <laughs> as you would sometimes say. A dog out in the street. Out in the street. That's right. Yeah. So, Natalia, your new SmackDown Women's Champion. Congratulations. Unfortunately, Miss Neidhart. We did not choose Natalia. We chose no. Naomi. We chose Naomi. Very certain that Naomi would go over, only to have Carmella cash her money in the bank. You see, it's not fair. That's not fair. There's this intervening, potentially intervening force. Um, but you know, whatever got it wrong, and we're, we're gonna we're man enough. We're men enough, even. To say that uh, we gotta move. We gotta move. We're men. We're men in tights. We are manly men. We're men in tights. Um, so, blah, blah, blah. There's that. And uh, blah, 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 for <laughs> sure. <laughs> blah, blah, blah. There's that. After the battle between the ladies whose names start with N A, mm-hmm. now we have the battle of the bigs. We got Big Show taking on Big Cast. We got Enzo Amore. In all of his infinite backstage heat, it's so intense that they put him into an anti-shark cage. They should put him in the shark cage on the bus. <laughs> they're traveling around like, I'm up, yes. here. I'm up here. I'm up here in the shark cage, guys. He's up here on the roof of the bus. Cup of haters, lettuce and tomatoes. A couple, uh, 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 a whole backstage uh, of WWE of haters. You sound more like Sam Roberts. Is that his name? The, the, Sam Roberts, the, the guy from the the podcast guy. Oh heavens, no! As you sound like, I'd rather sound like anybody <laughs> than Sam Roberts. Saw, that was a dead on Sam Roberts. Too bad you're trying to do uh, into oh, a now, See, now I'll never be able to do it again because oh, I'll be like, good. oh man, I got Sam Roberts. That was a really something. good Sam Roberts. I, was, I mean, unfortunately, again, you were trying I to do something else completely, um, but still, that I was, was good. trying to do my impression of your impression <laughs> of Enzo Amore. Kappa haters. Kappa haters. Um, so hey, yeah. what are we doing over here? <laughs> now you sound like Jennifer Tilly. Uh, you're really, uh, you're all Actually, I thought board. I was done like Edith Bunker. Yeah. Oh, my God. Well, same difference. Like, they're the same person. Um, but uh, yeah, Battle of the Bigs. Enzo's up in the shark cage. You can still hear Enzo's mouth the entire time because he does not shut up. He's yelling at Big Cass yeah. the entire time. Now, the match between uh, Big Cass and Big Show, it's, it's not necessarily a good match. It's just kind of a, a slugfest, a slobber knocker, if you will. Well, I would say, though, with the exception of the really good match Big Show had with Braun Strowman a while back. Oh, that was such a good match. This is not bad. This it's can't not compare bad. to that match. It's not bad, but also Show is, is nursing that... You know that the the broken hand injury as well. So it's that every five seconds looks at his hand and go, I don't know if I could kick him with right. my broken hand. Yes. Um, you know, kind of a thing going. The the right hand's connected to the <laughs> left foot. He keeps singing to himself to remember the anatomy. Uh, now the, the the really cool thing about this, and it immediately goes to shit. By the way, um, oh is that's that, good. Is that when uh, Enzo's uh, up, up above in the uh, the shark cage? He decides that he's small enough to get through the bars. Um, and they're all like, the commentators are like, you can't do that, Enzo, you stupid. Uh, what are you, from Jersey? Uh, he is. 
Um, so he, he greases himself up in, like, oil that he's got in his trunks. He's a regular Frank Gastineau. And, yes, grease that ref. Hashtag grease that ref. And he actually squeezes through the bars, which I thought was really kind of interesting and cool. I guess I've never seen that happen. Too bad he does it, and Big Cass is just kind of watching him do it. <laughs> and then Enzo very slowly crawls down from the shark cage lands in the ring, gets the big boot from Cass, is destroyed. Laid out. Big Show gets up. Finito. And just, he big boots Big Show. <laughs> One, two, three. And it was just like, what the fuck just happened? Cass just annihilated both these guys. Yeah. Yeah, it was very... That's definitely a way to get Cass over as a machine. Yeah. And get him over as a heel. But you would have expected... That show and cast would be going at it, and the Enzo would pull his escape act when Cass isn't looking, and then he could you know, like, like jump on his shoulders or something like exactly. that. Exactly. Hey, what remember me, Cup of Hades? Or even medicine to Hades? Or okay, now you sound like Edith Bunker. I was trying to though. I was trying to. <laughs> How you doing, Archie? That's nothing. <laughs> That's like nobody now. But anyway, <laughs> no, no, it would have been cool if he would have dropped no. down on Big Cass's shoulders or something well, I, like that. Anything instead of, I can add a shotgun, cup of haters. He gets, he gets leveled. Here like, I am. <laughs> here I am. Oh, no, here I go. Wow. <laughs> exactly. Oh, man, just so, such poor planning. No, the thing Cass is, Cass, Cass, right, Cass needed to be... Not paying attention to Enzo. Right. And then he could literally yell like, Yo, Cass! And like... Haters. Like, you know, because he's been yelling at him the whole match. Cass looks up like, really? And then before he knows it, it's a crossbody. <laughs> Time for a high impact move to take you out, Cass! And just destroyed. Um, and but then, instead, and Big Show gets up, you think? It is... Anything yeah. but that. And you think Big Show oh, Big Show's gonna rally now and, and Cass is gonna come for Big Show and he's just gonna deck uh Cass and, and get the pin, but nope, Cass just picks him up and hits him and, and pins him and it's like, oh well, that certainly was the ending of that match. We both said that Big Cass was gonna go over though. We said that this is like the torch passing, big show to big I'm Cass. okay with it. No, it's fine. It's just that was such a shitty, shittyly sloppy but match, I, I I disagree a little bit. Oh my god! I think first of all it is sloppy because Enzo is covered in in oil, so it's, it's all literally slick. yeah sloppy. It is super sloppy. Double but dare. You, hashtag you love the slop though. Uh, hashtag I love the slop. Okay. Yes, not hashtag I love the eighties. This is not a Michael Ian Black joint. Good. No, this is a Darren Beasley joint. Hashtag I love the slop. Bring on the slop. Hey, we got the slop. We got the slop. We got the slops. Yeah. How many songs do we reference this episode? Big Cass deserved to win in this fashion. And that's why I'm saying I'm okay with it. I definitely think we should have had one really good spot, which was Enzo flying off the cage in some way to get one bit of offense in on Cass just so Enzo doesn't look like a bitch, which he ends up looking like a bitch. And that's really unfortunate. 
show looks great. And I mean, he, he looks great in this loss. I mean, because... And also he's going in with a handicap. Exactly. So really, I'm okay with it. I, I'm, this I'm all really makes okay your boy Enzo look bad. I know. You should not be okay with I'm this. I'm not okay with that aspect you of it. You just said no, you I ju- love... I just said that. You said Enzo's a little no. bitch. No, no. Okay. I, I heard what I wanted to hear. I said Maybe it makes the solar eclipse made my ears not so well, good. Well, you weren't supposed to listen directly at the I sun. I listened at the sun. Um, anyway... But anyway, uh, Cass does go over. We said he would, and he does. And again, the match ending is questionable. However, uh, the next match is yet another grudge match. (laughs) New grudge, just to have them on SummerSlam. Uh, Randy Orton, the Viper, the Vipper, the VIPer. We don't know for sure. Um, He takes on Rusev, uh, who is Sans uh, Lana, which is sad. It's, it's uh, this, this whole show is sans Lana. It is, and I, I just want to look at Lana, because she's a ravishing Russian. Just put her with Rusev. I know she's doing her own wrestling thing, yeah, but, but if she's not on the card as a wrestler, why isn't she at Rusev's side? I agree. Same, same way, if Lana were on the card and Rusev weren't, I've been have them accompany forever. her to the I ring. I said when Rusev was injured, he should just manage Lana. Uh, hashtag if wrestling were real... This is what would happen in real life. Yeah. Hell, even when Brock Lesnar goes over to UFC, guess who comes in the ring? To no fanfare, no announcement, no nothing. Joe Rogan. Only us hardcore old school wrestling fans go, <laughs> Sable. It's Sable. There's Sable. Right. Like, right? Just do that. You don't even have to talk about it. You're getting mad at me, and I don't understand. Because... Because um, I, 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 I... It's not directed at you. Well, fair enough. Well, this match is very interesting because before the match even begins, uh, Orton comes up first, and uh, he's doing his little... His little, oh, the authorities have told me to put my hands up. <laughs> I, yes. I call it the arrested by the authorities pose. Um, <laughs> to be smugly arrested by the authorities. Um, <laughs> and... Uh, Rusev attacks Randy Orton from behind and just lays a beating down. Beats him like a dog in the street, as some would say. And uh, throws him out of the ring and uh, climbs back in. Randy Orton climbs back in. The referee, because the match hasn't begun yet, referee's like, can you continue? Can you fight? And uh, eventually Randy Orton says, I'm I'm well enough. The bell rings. Randy Orton hits the RKO on Rusev, instantly pinning Rusev and winning. And that's... Okay, I actually I actually walked to the kitchen. Okay, if, if, if you say you missed this match, I understand. Because... I missed this match. Okay. I can't talk about what happened. I saw Randy Orton enter the arena. I said, okay, I'm going to go get some Gatorade. I did. I came back. His music was playing. <laughs> I said, wow, that's a really long time. For his entrance music to have kept playing. It certainly wasn't a long time for an entire match to have happened. And his music was playing again. Right. To signify his victory. So they moved on and you're just like, hey, they forgot to have the match, you stupids. You, what? Whatever happened to Rusev? Speaking of that, there there were... I don't know if speaking you got about the stupids? Speaking of, no, speaking of the stupids and, and potentially things not happening, there were a lot of technical errors. Did you guys... You guys get that on your end? I know on my TV, there was a lot of issues with the audio and the video not syncing up. 
and I was watching live, and I restarted it, and it was still not syncing up. I did not have that problem. Uh, I had that really bad, so I don't know if it was just my feed or everyone else, but, like, man. Yeah. And also, it, uh, some of the backstage interviews in the very, very beginning, Baron Corbin gets interviewed, and you can't hear his audio. You can still hear the audience, but you can't hear him talking. And it's like, oh, this is real menacing, Baron. We can't even hear what the fuck you're saying. But it seemed like there were a lot of technical issues. I'm sure Vince was like... It, I'm sure he was. I'm sure he was like a Muppet in a blender. <laughs> After this match, we are back into championship gold being on the line as Alexa Bliss, Five Feet of Fury, Little Miss Bliss, your Raw Women's Champion, puts her belt on the line against Sasha Banks. And boy, has Sasha had to fight her way back into this number one contendership. It has been fight after fight. <laughs> Who would expect a wrestler to have to fight their way into number one contendership? Match after match, week after week for Sasha Banks, till she is finally the last contender standing. You mean the way it's supposed to be done? Not just, yeah. I, I am now your number one contender, and I'll fight you at next pay-per-view. Yeah. Oh, you mean every promo that Roman Reigns gives? Yeah, yeah. You mean she actually had to beat people yeah. who were Believe in it or contendership not. for the championship to become the number one contender to... Uh, let me think. Yes. Okay, wow. That is exactly what they did. Instead of, hey, you stepped on my foot. Now I want your heavyweight championship. And hey. I'm going to get it because I said <laughs> so. Because I'm the me. Um, so yeah, that's, that's uh, very interesting. Though. So Alexa and Sasha going at it, though. Sasha trying to become a four-time women's champion, four-time Raw women's champion. Alexa Bliss now a one-time SmackDown women's champion and a one-time Raw women's the champion. The first to become both. SmackDown and Raw Women's Champion Alexa Bliss. And by the way, this match is great. This is a really good match. It made me, <laughs> this sounds horrible, made me happy that Bailey kind of got injured and couldn't compete in the match. Aww. Because Sasha puts on a really good match with Alexa Bliss. Bailey does. She puts does. on kind of a sloppy match with Alexa Bliss. I've seen it a couple times. But this Sasha-Alexa match is great. It's a really good match. It is. It, it's nice to see... Uh, a heel champion who isn't a chicken shit. Yeah, yeah. Alexa is a... She is a spark plug. She is a fire plug, if you will. She is uh, a whole mess of, of dynamite. You know, big things come in small packages. Alexa Bliss embodies that. Her intensity, uh, I think, is... Uh, a little unexpected for the type of heel character she is, but it definitely works for her in-ring ability. And she's super over because they're in Brooklyn where they've had multiple NXT takeovers where Sasha Banks has performed exceptionally well. Sasha's getting booed. They show Bailey backstage for five seconds and like a good luck in your match. Bailey is fucking booed <sighs> by everybody. And Alexa Bliss comes out. You're not supposed to like Alexa. Everyone's just bleh! They they announce him in the ring, and uh, Sasha Banks, eh. Alexa Bliss, bleh! 
Alexa. Yeah, so I love that Alexa Bliss super over, despite being teeny tiny. But you know what? Yeah, Sasha's not very big either. Just no, so you know. she's not. Um, no, she's not. But no, super good match, and it was the only match that you and I disagreed on uh, for this card, which means that even though we didn't, you know, do very well overall. When it came to head-to-head... Head-to-head. This was the decider. Between you and I, because I said that Sasha Banks was going over, was becoming a new Raw Women's Champion. You said a little Alexa Bliss would retain. Um, however, I was right and you were wrong. Fair enough. I'll let you have it. Yeah, man. Alexa Bliss taps out to the bank statement in the middle of the ring. Again, another submission. Two ladies championship uh, title changes, two tap outs, uh, but that that's just the way it goes. Very interesting though. At the end of the uh, at the end of the match with Naomi and Natalia, you get the the commercial preview for the next pay per view, which is No Mercy, which is starring Alexa Bliss. Couldn't help but notice she was not wearing her women's championship in the ad. So I don't know if that was kind of a bit of a spoiler or what, or if they. They played it in the wrong area, or I don't know, but that was kind of interesting. Good commercial, though. Very interesting. No Very Mercy. good commercial. No Mercy looks uh, interesting just based on that alone. Um, however, Sasha Banks is your new champion, and uh, what that'll mean in the future. Obviously, Alexa Bliss is going to have an immediate rematch because she's like the star of No Mercy. Um, so we'll see what happens there. Uh, but that's it for the women. No more women on the show. That's it. That's a shame. That's a shame. When they have such huge divisions and we only get to see four of them. Hey, I know. No Becky, no Charlotte. We talked about this on the, the, the last episode. It's okay. It's okay. These things do happen. Uh, but what also happens is sometimes, if you're lucky and you're a Finn Balor fan, you get to see his alter ego the Demon King, and we saw that because we saw Bray Wyatt, the Eater of Worlds, take on Finn Balor, the Demon King. This is the first time we have seen Finn Balor in the Demon King garb, uh, undergoing the Demon King persona switch, the flip of the switch in his personality, if you will. And that is the way that uh, the commentators are describing it now, which I think is different i like it actually from the way that it was described in nxt you like it yeah and also they explained that the the name finn balor itself is basically two people i'm glad that they did that yeah i am very glad they did that we yeah, heard that compliment like, michael cole just now because he's the one who said uh, that well inadvertently I oh no i remember them mentioning the whole finn balor thing what one time during nxt when they were basically doing so simply to give you an explanation of the name. That Finn, the great hero, uh, a great mythological hero. Balor, a, a great uh, mythological villain. So here they are as one in the embodiment of the man, I guess. I guess they are wanting us to understand that he is not Finn Balor. Right. At some point, you are to understand, I guess, that he's Fergal Devitt, which is, of course, his real name. Well, it's, but it's Finn basically... Finn Balor is who he is. It's like Dr. Jekyll, Mr. Hyde type yeah, thing. Yeah, and they actually say that as well. But it, it's almost like if if Taker was American Badass Taker most of the time, but if he needed that little extra something, he became The Undertaker. Um, <laughs> it's, it's kind of that. Um, but... 
it, it's good. It's well done. It's over. People enjoy seeing it. And sadly, we had not seen it since the previous uh, SummerSlam. And it was the extra ump that Finn Balor needed to take out Bray Wyatt, who is uh, visibly afraid and apprehensive and cautious when he sees uh, the Demon King. Bray Wyatt brought it out of him, though. Yeah, he absolutely did. He's uh, been trying. He's pulling, tugging, trying to get the Demon King out of Finn Balor. And then just last week, poured buckets of blood all over Finn Balor. And I think that was the final straw. The most interesting thing about the switch to the Demon King for Finn Balor instead of just, you know, good-looking leather jacket James Dean guy, now he's a demon again. I think the most interesting part of that was him uh, taking the he's got the whole world uh, yeah, in yeah. his hands away from Bray Wyatt and it playing before his own music. Mm-hmm. And so Finn took the whole world in his hands thing, which has been a Bray Wyatt thing since Bray got to WWE. I mean, I remember him using that against Daniel Bryan back when he was trying to get Daniel Bryan into the He was Wyatt using family. against Luthez back in the day. <laughs> yes. <laughs> George Hackenschmidt. He absolutely George uh, Hackenschmidt had the whole world in his hands. He did. But for that to play before Finn Balor's entrance and to sort of uh, show that Finn has stolen that from Bray, I like that a lot. Yeah, when it comes to Demon King in the ring, obviously he moves a bit differently, um, a bit more demonically, I I guess. And he has that quick recovery out of nowhere that like maybe the Undertaker kind of has a bit. Not so much the sit-up, but it's along those lines. We're just kind of up and... And it's kind of his, his, his like Basically, his vertebrae are all getting like realigned like somewhat quickly. As he, it, it, It's hard to hard to explain. But for the most part, the offense is exactly the same. It's all the run around the ring to drop kick you and the... And the, the I guess the Pele kick is what he also does. Yes, very well. Yeah, the coup de gras and all that stuff. And I believe it's coup de gras that puts away uh, Bray Wyatt. It is. I am interested to see where this uh, feud goes from here. I don't mind watching these two wrestle. I, I can keep watching it over and over again. For now. For now. Um, but I do think that uh, future plans do involve Finn Balor heading to uh, to uh, Lesnar for uh, Suplex City. Uh, so we'll, we'll we'll see what happens there. I mean, that's if Lester retains his title later on. Uh, we'll get to there when we get to there. Uh, but first, we got to talk about the Raw Tag Team Champion Cesaro and Sheamus. Cesaro uh, and Sheamus take on the newly reformed two thirds of the Shield, and and that's that's what kind of makes this weird because it's not the Shield. It's two-thirds of the shield. Uh, lunatic Fringe, Dean Ambrose, and the Lunatic Fringe, Seth Rollins. Uh, freaking awesome guy. Um, <laughs> these two, they take on Cesaro and Sheamus. Three former champions and Cesaro. So, so there's that, yeah. Cesaro and Sheamus sporting the new brown entrance attire. Looking sharp every day that passes. They make more and more sense as a long-term tag team. But on this night, to hell with that. Let's give it to the tag team that's not a tag team. Despite any warm fuzzies that Darren gets thinking of matinee WWF shows from the early 90s. I don't know why 
this makes me think of that, but it does. But despite it, I don't want Cesaro and Sheamus to not be the champions. But on this night in Brooklyn, they have to walk home. They have to walk home <laughs> without those Raw tag team titles. And you say all that, and you already forgot that Cesaro and Sheamus were stuck together. They weren't a tag team. Oh, I haven't forgotten that. Apparently you I did just, just now. You no. just said. I like the fact that they are a tag team. That over time, they've actually become more and more and more and more like a tag team. They are believable. Like, I would believe you... If I had not watched and never heard of these guys, I would totally believe you if you said they've been together for 10 years, yeah, for but 12 you're, years. You're very gullible. No, I'm not. <laughs> I'm not even a gulla calf. Nice. Waynesville reference. That's two shows in a row. Well done. But Cesaro and Sheamus, I love them as the champs. I dig the matching outfits. The camaraderie is there. I mean, they, they, they are one of those teams that almost feels like they finish each other's sandwiches. Yes. You know? And uh, Dean Ambrose and Seth Rollins, of course, were that as two-thirds of the Shield once upon a time. Now they really do just seem like two guys. So this <laughs> is that this is that Stone Cold Steve Austin and Dude Love are the tag team right. champions feel it that I mentioned it, last episode. It doesn't help that they're not wearing like coordinated gear. You know, I thought maybe if, uh, if Ambrose is wearing, because I think Rollins is wearing like a red and black version of his uh, Probably attire, one of the best which looks really cool. versions of his gear he's ever So had. if like Ambrose were wearing black denim with like a red, you know, wife beater, I guess, that might look a little bit more cohesive. Um, but no, it's, it's, it's not that. They are literally just Dean Ambrose and Seth Rollins, you know, um, that has happened to both be from the Shield. But, um, and it, it's a super good match. Dean Ambrose doing about, I'd say, 70% of the work here. Uh, it's mostly him in the ring. Uh, Rollins, rather, is is typically on the outside, like, kind of, like, hurt. And uh, they, Ambrose gets a lot of punishment in this match. And uh, it's cool because it shows off how tough Dean Ambrose is. We both picked them to win. We knew the newly reformed two-thirds of the Shield, but not quite the entire Shield, so it's weird to say it's a Shield reunion. Would go not, over. It's not. It's not. Would go over. Um, yeah, we knew better, so come on. Uh, so yeah, Ambrose and Rollins win, and they're your new Raw Tag Team Champions. And uh, say what about Ambrose, man. He's had a good year. He's been champion of everything. I think he's got a women's title match coming up. Uh, he's going for he's going for everything, man. That is until Roman declares himself <laughs> the number one contender. Absolutely, absolutely, and that might be the one thing that saves Roman at this point is him joining up with those guys to actually reform the Shield at this point. Um, I'm not sure if anything will save Roman anymore, um, and I'm not so sure if Shane McMahon is gonna save AJ Styles in the match between AJ Styles, who is your U.S. title holder. Uh, he goes against Kevin Owens, the face of America, with Shane McMahon as your spe special guest referee slash enforcer. Because he says if anyone roughhouses him, he's going to roughhouse right back. And it was a rough house. It was a rough house of horrors, Randy. It was a rough house of horrors, Randy. <laughs> and I think that if anyone was manhandled, 
It was Shane McMahon. It was. It was almost like, uh, and I'll, I'll, I'll make this joke later on, okay. it's almost like a, a rest- <laughs> wrestling game where you can hit the ref. <laughs> so yeah. I will always throw my opponent on the outside, and while the ref is counting, I'll get behind my ref, and I'll clothesline my ref. But it was kind of like, you know, you, when you can sneak a punch at your ref or kick your ref. It was kind of that. But it was almost like Shane McMahon was Mr. Magooing his way through the... <laughs> he just always seen him in a bad place. Uh, it was kind of funny. And it was kind of like, like what's what's going to happen here? Because both AJ and Kevin Owens, AJ is supposed to be the face here. They're both kind of yelling at Shane McMahon, like, stay out of the way. What are you doing? Um, so that's interesting to me. Yeah, I he was he was in the way. Yeah, He's bigger than both of them. He is right in the middle of both of them. He's in his big white and black stripes. He's red in the face. And he's everywhere. He does exactly the opposite of what a referee is supposed to do. (laughs) Which is almost disappear. Yeah, you're not even there. You forget the ref is even there. All the time you do if it's a good ref. When I'm watching on on any random Monday night and I'm watching all the matches, you know, they may not be the coolest or the most interesting or even nostalgic referees there's ever been. But their current staff knows what's up, and they know they are to be uh, not seen and not heard. neither seen nor heard. Yeah. And you know, and that's a big deal. You, know, you, you can always tell you Milford can pull man. that off. <laughs> yeah, uh, rest of Elton reference. There you go. Um, so yeah, no, absolutely. So Shane McMahon kind of constantly in the way. Everyone's kind of yelling at him. At this point, you don't know who's going to go over. I think both combatants have the match won at some point. And you think, like, well, who's going to say that Shane McMahon screwed them over? You know, um, however, I thought AJ Styles for sure would lose this match and Kevin Owens would pick up the U.S. title and kind of move on to something else. AJ move on to something else. Unfortunately, I was wrong. And my opinion of that actually swayed your opinion. And I think you maybe were going to go with Owens, but instead you went Styles because I had such a convincing argument because I'm very good at that. Um, and we, we went down in flames together, my friend. We did. Thank you very much. Yeah, no problem. So AJ Styles retains that uh, U.S. title. And uh, beyond that, it was a good match. I, I've said on the show a couple times, I'm kind of tired of this match happening. But they're both great. It, it's going to be a good match. I've, I've hated, more so, I've, I've hated some of the finishes of the match. This match is a good example of what you're talking about, of there being maybe too much talent. Okay, yeah. Um. Because it's like this, the both of these guys could be the world champion. Both of them have been the world champion, and yet here they are fighting each other for a lesser belt in the middle of the card. And uh, I think I think that's okay because it shows the depth while still allowing them to have a decent match. But I totally understand somebody from let's say five or six years ago. When people would still, people were cycling out of WWE all the time. They'd be here today, gone tomorrow, that yeah. sort of thing. Here but, today, gone today. But AJ Styles, you know, and Kevin Owens, they're sort of like, well, we've set up shop here. Yeah. And we're top of the card and all that sort of thing. So you almost think that AJ Styles needs to lose it for that reason. But. Nevertheless, um, our pick is wrong. Our pick is wrong. One very funny instance in the match, though, 
uh, where Shane McMahon is hurt and cannot make the count for Kevin Owens. Kevin Owens kind of gets in his face, and you hear him say, "You you can fall off a building, and and not <laughs> and, and like he hits you and you can't make a, a count." Like yes. I was like, "Yes, that's fucking hilarious." Like it's like Kevin like Owens always on, man. No, absolutely, He's always on. You can and I love fall it. off a building. And, and be okay. You can't make a three count when he hits you. That's too good. Uh, moving on, a match that uh, I have the most emotional investment in. It is a match for the WWE Championship, currently held by the uh, modern-day Maharaja, Jinder Mahal. Uh, he took on the artist. So I'm on board with that. Shinsuke Nakamura, my current favorite wrestler in all of wrestling. And uh, obviously, I want my boy Shinsuke to win. And I'm watching it, and I'm beaming with pride, Darren, because it's like, man, months ago, we saw this guy in a fucking gymnasium yep. with 150 people. And now here he is, second to last match, sub-man eventing SummerSlam. WWE SummerSlam. For an opportunity at the World Heavyweight Championship. Which to me is still the Heavyweight Championship, by the way. Universal Championship is something new. This is the one that Hogan held, that Michaels held, that Bret Hart held. You know, all those people, Stone Cold, The Rock. This is that belt, Darren. Don't you fucking say anything. Uh, I won't this, go into it again. This is that belt. I won't belt. go into it again. This is that belt. Anyway, Shinsuke's got a title opportunity. Shinsuke goes into this thing undefeated. So not only that, his undefeated streak is on the line, which I'm really surprised they did not mention that during the match. But he's yet to be pinned on uh, SmackDown, so and, and on WWE television at all. Um, you know, NXT is something different. Uh, but anyway, Jinder Mahal and Shinsuke Nakamura—it's it, really cool build-up. Of course, the the violinist comes out and does the the theme for Shinsuke, and Shinsuke's so fucking over. Everyone's singing his song. They're doing the Nakamura chant throughout the match, and man, Nakamura and Jinder Mahal have a genuinely good match. Really, really good match, and they're two great characters. And this is something you don't see very often: an Indian wrestler fighting a Japanese wrestler on WWE television for a major title. And we talked about that before. How great this this match even exists is, and even with all of that, and the audience just so happy and hoping that Shinsuke wins, it could be a really great moment, a great SummerSlam moment, yada yada yada. Typically what happens in a Jinder Mahal match happens at this pivotal match on one of the biggest shows of the year, SummerSlam, where the Singh brothers, Jinder Mahal's lackeys, get involved. Shinsuke goes for him, knocks him out of the ring, you know, not looking. Jinder Mahal takes advantage of the situation, hits a very awkward, sloppy Cobra clutch on Shinsuke, pins him one, two, three. That's it. Wins. Yeah, the thing that was interesting to me is when he goes for that Cobra Clutch, he turns right to the ear of Nakamura, and he says a lot of stuff. Now, you could say it's anything, Mm -hmm. Uh, and I think if you judge by the look on his face, he was either actually saying something shitty, or he's able to put that face on to disguise him saying like, Hey, bud, you okay? <laughs> I or love like, your brother forever. Or like, <laughs> yeah. I whip into a drop down, you know, whatever. <laughs> but meanwhile, he's looking like, I'd fucking kill you. Mahal looks like a Mike Tyson's punch out uh, character. <laughs> like Great Tiger. Like Great Tiger. Like Great Tiger, Shit. even. Oh, man. 
Yeah, I forgot he existed. Yeah, he does. It's just because he's so big and has a great mean face. Is what I was saying. You took it there, Darren, not me. Um, anyway. <laughs> <laughs> I love this match. I love this match on paper. I love the execution of this match. Would I have liked to see Nakamura walk out as the champion? Absolutely, I would have. I I wanted it. I needed it. And I predicted it. I got none of it. But I certainly did, you know, say Nakamura should win, would win, and and he doesn't. Jinder Mahal hangs on to it. Jinder Mahal remains your WWE champion. And that's okay. I really, really, really like Jinder Mahal as the WWE champion. I think it works for him. I think he adds to the belt. I think the belt adds to him. You can't ask for better symbiosis than that. I think that uh, the fact that he wears the suits that he does, the turban that he does, it shows how serious and dedicated he is. I know the promo package that they showed for him just showed him getting ready. It just showed him lifting weights, showed him walking uh, to look out at the sun, uh, supplements, cooking, and you know you see all of these things to show how intense and focused Jinder Mahal is on being the champion, on being the top of the brand, top of the company, top physique, top money earner. And, you know, who knows how much of that is true, how much of that really exists in Jinder Mahal's day-to-day personal life. We know the cooking and the eating and the lifting is 100% legit because you see it constantly. But it would be interesting to uh, track Mahal's uh, everything else. You know, we know what he's capable of as a a gym rat. And uh, his in-ring ability is solid. Nakamura's far superior. Nevertheless, you put them in the ring against each other. You and I are both particularly biased, both huge fans of Nakamura. Um, But man, again... Not to beat a dead horse, but just this matchup. The fact that we didn't have Money in the Bank interference. We didn't have it turn into a triple threat. The words John Cena were barely uttered during this match. Mm -hmm. And yet, it was a solid championship match that was unique. Unfortunately, it ended like a match on SmackDown Live would end. Fair enough. Fair enough. So basically, as good as this match was, and as interesting as these two characters are, oh, I call them characters, uh, <laughs> these two wrestlers are, um, the last 20 seconds, it's just, it's bullshit. If you were gonna set Nakamura up for this um, only to lose, why even do that to Nakamura? That's a good question. Do it to fucking Baron Corbin. Do it, uh, to, do it to other people. I know. You, you kind of just... I don't want to say ruin Shinsuke because I don't think that's possible uh, now that I've said that. Um, <laughs> but it was kind of like you all that build up for Shinsuke just to lose like that. Right. You're not you're not ruining him forever. But Give me two Cobra Clutch slams to, to put Shinsuke down. You're ruining him or you're ruining an aspect of him. Absolutely. Yeah. And, and that's that felt like you wasted my time. You wasted everyone who's a Shinsuke Nakamura's fan at Barclays Center's time. 
But it, it was just going to end like that? Then what was the fucking point of it happening? I know, I know. That's the thing. Beyond the rest, the rest of that was great. But that ending was just like, who the fuck booked that? That was god-awful horseshit trash. Well, I can't argue with that. I don't know. <laughs> I don't know that I feel exactly that same way. Well, but I'm definitely not going to argue about it. Jinder Mahal does win and we get with that the wrong. assistance of the Singh brothers. We get it wrong. And we get it wrong. We both pick Shinsuke. However, we do pretty well in this last match, don't we? Yes, we do. <laughs> and there were a lot of avenues we could have taken. Oh. There were a lot of roads less traveled by that would have made all the difference. Yeah, yeah. And yet we did not take them. We both picked... The Universal Champion Brock Lesnar to walk into the gym. Mm. Oh the gym. Even though at one point he didn't walk out, at one point he was carried out <laughs> on a gurney. Hey man, but then count. ultimately he was able to walk again. Brock Lesnar does enter the main event of SummerSlam on this night in Brooklyn as the WWE Universal Champion. He takes on three other men. In a four-way dance. And it's Samoa Joe, Roman Reigns, and Braun Strowman. Now, I really like this match. It is a very, very well-booked match. Obviously, all the best bookers worked on this match. Yeah, yeah, really. And and Timmy the New Kid booked uh, the Jinder Mahal Shinsuke match. Just get out there and wrestle, and then uh, the Singh brothers come in, you're worried about them, and you're not looking, and then... uh, the Cobra Clutchy hitter, that happens to you. Uh, I gotta go. My tuna on toast is getting oh, hot. Oh, well, that's very specific. <laughs> yeah, there you go. Um, we both picked Brock Lesnar to win, as I already said. And uh, we uh, we get what we want. Yeah. We do get what we want. He At wins. one point, it looks like he definitely wasn't going to. Yeah. Braun Strowman lifts Brock Lesnar like he's... N- no weight at all. Like he's a child. Throws him through one of the announce tables. Power running power slam through one of the three announce tables that is ringside. Picks him up again, running power slam to a second table. And while Brock Lesnar is laid out on the table, Braun Strowman picks up the third table. I've never seen that happen before, by the way. No, never happened. Picks up the announcer's table and throws it on top of Brock Lesnar. Yeah, I rewound that several times. Oh my god, that was beautiful. Uh, the whole match was great. It, it, what's interesting, though, is fucking Reigns and Samoa Joe are kind of an afterthought. This is all setting up. This is all foreshadowing to a huge confrontation between Braun Strowman and Brock Lesnar down the road. Um, and, and the fans are into it, man. They want it to happen. And man, because that's how well, awesome. you know how over Lesnar is. Strowman is crazy over. Yeah, like every step he makes, this is awesome. Yeah, man, let's go, Strowman. And he's not even. You doing are that much. over. Yeah. That, do that chant. You know for sure he's over. And I love him that much. I I want all sorts of great things to happen to to Braun Strowman, but. To hear the audience be that vocal in a match with these other three guys, that is huge. It is huge. Huge. It is huge. 
yes, indeed. And uh, Brock Lesnar, though, even though he, after getting the table dropped on him, does get escorted out uh, on a gurney by multiple medical staff and multiple just WWE staff, uh, he shows back up mid-match, ready to fight, ready to retain. It takes people to Suplex City, hitting the German Suplex release <laughs> on Samoa Joe. And Roman Reigns goes for it on Braun Strowman. Strowman says, no, no, no. We're saving that for later on, guys. Um, he decides just to elbow uh, Lesnar and uh, takes him out. But, man, it's, it's, uh, it is a very well-booked match. Ultimately, though, uh, Lesnar actually hits the F5 on Roman Reigns getting the win and uh, retaining that belt. We picked uh, Brock Lesnar, even though everyone said Lesnar was definitely going to lose this match. You know what that means, Darren? Moral victory. Yeah. Which means we win. We win. I I didn't win. We all win. I don't know. We're all the winners. Well, we're not the win. (laughs) Also, one thing about that match also, I mentioned earlier, I was going to say it again, WWE Video Games. Uh, I've never seen the uh, the ring steps used that much as weapons, as in the back in the WWE World Tour. Oh yeah, WWE WWF, I should say, No Mercy, uh, because Strowman is running around and using them as weapons as we would playing that game. And then it's funny because Strowman picks up the stairs and is just like running around with them, hitting people and swinging them around with the greatest of ease. Roman Reigns picks him up, and it's, he's not as strong as Strowman, so he's, like, struggling, and it's like, oh, you're not strong. Get out of here, Roman Reigns. Um, and, man, when uh, Strowman throws the ring steps into the ring, and they just sail across the ring, it's like, okay, Ron Strowman's scary, scary fucking strong. And there has been a lot of seeing that side of him in the last few weeks or months. And so he ripped that one fan in half. We're curious if that is something they will actually take and run with, or if that's just an aspect of his personality that they are sort of giving uh, an allowance. Yeah. That's great. It's all good stuff. Hopefully uh, the next move for Lesnar does not involve Samoa Joe or Roman Reigns. Um, I think he didn't, he just move on to a different, uh, competitor, but we shall see. And that is SummerSlam and we did not do very well. Uh, take away that pre-show though, that stupid pre-show. And I did great. All right. I did wonderfully. Uh, but when it comes to head to head though, head to head, I, I win, Darren. Uh, okay. I'm the best in the world. Well, I don't know about that. I'm best in the world. Um, so I don't know. Those are our predictions and, uh, our failures and some successes. I'm a success. Darren's a failure. I, <laughs> I am very much inclined to disagree. Okay. Well, that's what failures often say. Is it? Were you a failure or a success, folks? Oh, and your predictions. Tell, I'm sorry. I gotta tell you. Okay. Low light of the entire evening. Uh-oh. JBL trying to shoehorn his vocabulary word for the day into our SummerSlam experience in which he referred to Shinsuke Nakamura as insouciant. And I said, na, 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 JBL. Someone just said, someone actually probably said into the headpiece, say insouciant, say he's insouciant. And when you still didn't know what that meant, 
Somebody had to run down ringside and give you a dictionary and show it to you. And so don't try and slip in the word insouciant. Like we're also supposed to think we're all sitting out here supposed to think JBL smart uh, or JBL has any idea of what's going on. No, I, I don't like it. Take, take your insouciance and go back to uh, the stock market. Go back to Wall Street, JBL. Get off my wrestle show. Wow, Darren. Hashtag not my commentator. Wow. I, I, for years, we were doing this podcast, and I had no idea you did not like JBL. Right? I'm sorry. I looked at the solar eclipse too long today. My brain's all, all wonky. It's a total eclipse of the heart. Did you enjoy SummerSlam? Did you enjoy NXT TakeOver? Did you enjoy the solar eclipse? Let us know! <laughs> and there are a lot of ways you can do that. You can do so on Twitter at Ref and Show Podcast. That's R-E-F-N-S-H-O-W-P-O-D-C-A-S-T. Uh, follow us on Facebook. Uh, like and share my posts, because I do the Facebook. And uh, send us an email if you want to, only if you want to say nice things. Uh, the whole Ref and Show at gmail.com, T-H-E-W-H-O-L-E. R-E-F-N-S-H-O-W at gmail.com. Or, or there's always... The wonderful world of Instagram. That's right. It's pictures. It's comments. It's good times. You can find us on Instagram at the whole ref and show. Yes, that's right. Find us on social media. Uh, let us bathe in attention and likes. It's what keeps us going. That's uh, <laughs> what keeps Darren going. I don't know. I don't know. Coffee. Coffee keeps coffee you going. Coffee keeps me going. Okay, attention keeps me going. Uh, and also coffee helps. Um, and that's it, folks. Hope you enjoyed the show. That was our 49th. The next one will be the 50th. Wow. Hope to have Can some you imagine? special stuff happening for the 50th. If not, it's because we're far too busy with life. But we do hope to have something together for you guys. Looking forward to it. You should look forward to it. We look forward to seeing you next week on the Only Wrestling Podcast. That calls it right down the middle. The whole ref and show. By the way, in case you forgot, my name is Perry Smith. And my name is Darren Beasley. We're going to see you next week, folks. Take care. The Osgood File. This is Charles Osgood. There was a time when coffee was high on the list of those things doctors used to tell us we should cut back on. But these days, study after study seems to find that people who drink coffee are better off than people who don't. The new study involved a lot of people over a long period of time. Dr. Kevin Cooper is chairman of the dermatology department at University Hospital's Case Medical Center.